0: When a pair of elderly newlyweds went to Europe for their honeymoon, the husband had a heart attack and died. The wife arranged to have his body brought back in a casket to their new home in Florida. She made the connecting flight, but the casket did not. In fact, the airline could not locate it for five days. When the casket was finally found, at the deceased's hometown airport, it was empty. One way or another, the man got cold feet.
1: <laughs> so I wasn't expecting a joke in your own thing. <laughs> Was that the actual story?
0: That's literally how it ended.
1: I'm sorry, I can't do anything better than just your Jeff Dunham story. <laughs> There's nothing I can add on top of that. Waka
0: waka! hi welcome to paranoia shop Shop. episode 10 this is paranoia shop your one-stop shop for all things conspiracy paranormal and generally weird this is episode 10 holy shit episode 10 double digits we're into the big one-oh and uh believe it or not this episode is about planes (laughs) wait
1: Let's add an adjective to the front of it, mysterious planes.
0: Well, the title I was going to go with, Planes, Strange, and horror mobiles.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course, <laughs> like that great John Candy Steve Martin movie that no one's watched, even though it's really, really good. Everybody's
0: seen it's that. It's really, really good. They haven't stopped listening to this This is podcast. not about
1: just regular planes. We're not going to talk about like F-120. It was a
0: F-15 Tomcat. That's yeah. A- this is about weird flying machines that have gone awry that have gone awry or did something real crazy plane disappearances and plane mysteries have for the past hundred years captured the imagination of us because man was never meant to fly and now that we are it seems like we've ventured into unseen territory and
1: no we will not be talking about the pixar slash dreamworks film starring Dane cook
0: was he the star of that movie
1: this is how far off the reservation now pixar disney has been with their movies the new planes movie and the cars universe it starts off with cars universe main character voice by dane cook which is man you can't you can't say been... a hipper main voice actor than dane cook <laughs> that
0: would have been real cool in 2003 anyway so, so, <laughs> so anyway, mysterious this episode planes, is about weird
1: planes weird planes i was gonna save this talk about for let's just get it out of the way the problem with mysterious planes is me trying to dig into this was everything was 9-11. Every single plane conspiracy story was somehow tied into 9-11, the the planes were remote controlled, the planes didn't exist, what happened to the bodies, all kind of truther stuff. If you are a truther listening to this show, genuinely write in i would love to hear from you
0: just answer all the questions that we as a scientific community might have we
1: will not make fun of you i would genuinely love to talk to a truther that would be pretty cool hey let's talk about how seth mcfarlane almost got
0: on that plane oh yeah he did which is brought up all the time did you guys at home know that that seth mcfarlane almost got on one of the planes flight like, 93 like he canceled his flight or something and he would yeah. have been
1: on the plane that that crashed. crashed into the tower family guy would have just been that thing you talk about in, in cult legend yeah there's that show family Guy. It had of one season it was, it was really brilliant. it was really brilliant ahead of its time yeah we'll never see anything like it again that's cleveland show time. what are you talking about what alternate dimension you, what cleveland like that random character from that show crazy why would anyone give him a show <laughs> you're cr- get out of here time travel man well speaking of 9-11 do you have one for 9 Because I was going to say... Yeah,
0: kind of. Okay. Let me just say, this ties in with the first story. That first story, that little corny tidbit that <laughs> we started the show with, okay. was an actual urban legend that spread between flight attendants. Yeah, I
1: feel like I've heard variations of this story a lot of yeah. different times. It
0: was actually from a collection of urban legends that was compiled by a former flight attendant by the name of James Wysong. He's written several books on the subject. He's sort of like the Brothers Grimm of spooky airplane tales. Okay.
1: So in a hundred years, they'll make a movie star in Matt Damon. The
0: collection is called Plane Spooky, P-L-A-N-E. Shut up. <laughs> Do you want to hear a few other examples? that Of, of the, his spooky of plane, his, plane of, stories? Well, not just his, but the ones he's accumulated. True stories, supposedly true spooky things that have happened on flights. A flight attendant discovered that her husband, a pilot, was cheating with countless coworkers. The husband mysteriously disappeared, but the investigation was not highly publicized. Perhaps because of this unsavory coincidence, the pilot's body was never found. However, the flight attendant wife was famous for bringing homemade sandwiches to work, then generously handing them out to passengers and crew even when there was no scheduled meal service. Wait, what? Talk about getting rid of the evidence.
1: What year is this taking place? <laughs> no, I would never accept um, anything given to me by just someone on the plane. Well, even Southwest Airlines, like, as nice as they are. But like, if
0: the flight steward handed you a, a sandwich? No, if she said it was homemade? She wouldn't say that. She would say, here's your lunch. And you'd be like, oh, great, there's well, a free lunch. Why is it in a
1: wrapped up saran wrap? why is it in a paper bag you crazy lady
0: so you wouldn't eat man meat is what you're saying
1: i would actually no i do want to eat man meat like i would love i if any of my friends aaron if at any point you want to say, i might do this for you guys before i die and if i know i'm like the free disease i genuinely am like gonna be down to say you guys can eat me if you want like let me die and then quickly harvest my meat and have nice like meat sandwiches
0: Well, according to, I think it was Mark Twain's first book, which was a story of travelogues, he said that he interviewed a cannibal in New Guinea and he said that human flesh tastes exactly like inferior pork.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I
0: still want to eat it. The irony of eating human flesh on an airplane, though, is that when you reach altitudes of 30,000 feet, your nasal passages swell up and make it impossible to taste anything which is why airplane food is so bad. not matter? Because you can't taste it. But I've had delicious snacks on planes. That's, that's because they, they pump them up with salt and stuff to make them extra flavorful. I'm just thinking about the things I brought onto the plane, like, you know, I go in Cinnabon. And bring that's up why, Cinnabon's like, astronaut food is so bad, because it doesn't matter. It just, you can't taste it in space. Quite a few years back, a man shot his gun into the air, signaling the end of duck season. The shot pierced a commercial airplane flying overhead, and some pellets hit a passenger in the bottom. The investigation revealed that the victim was unbelievably the brother of the man who fired the gun. Wait, what? Wait, okay, all right, hold on. <laughs> what? They're I'm... they're almost like mind twisters. You have to think about. Them. Okay, so one guy gets on the plane. So a guy gets on the plane. Meanwhile, on the ground, a hillbilly is like in the duck season, and he shoots his shotgun into the air and hits a commercial airline and happens to kill his own brother. He well, he hits his brother in the bottom. It doesn't say H, Yeah, it? In the bottom. So that, that also implies that one of the. One wait, shotgun blast would travel 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah,
1: well, also just that one of the brothers is pretty up to date with modern times and uses air travel to get around. And well, one it's that's like. like the city mouse and the country mouse. Flying skeletons in the sky. <laughs> like just taking pot shots.
0: Kapoo! Yeah. Here's the last one. Stopped by the police for speeding on the way to the airport, a woman missed her flight. The airplane crashed and there were no survivors. I think that was used in a million like Final Destination movies. Yeah, yeah. What makes this story really strange is that the standby passenger who took her place was related to the police officer who gave the woman a ticket. That's. that's too weird of a connection like that's just like a coincidental it does have a romantic ending however as the police officer and the lucky lady were married two years later <laughs> that is one relationship that fate definitely had a hand in this is the worst some luck <laughs> is just plain spooky p-l-a-n-e okay. buy my book by the same name okay
1: alright <laughs> <laughs> before I forget I wanted to talk about ideas of like plain coincidences there's an example of one it's like a story just spread around like see the government's in on it a lady who's a 9-11 truther flies to the white house to meet the president flies back from dc her plane crashes and everyone's like did you notice that obama bought her the ticket <laughs> what like the white house like flew her out there because she was a survivor of 9-11 uh-huh. and they're like oh they're just the fact that so the white house paid for her ticket flies her out there she's fine meets with obama and then on the way back her plane crashes weird crazy coincidence right yeah which just like the white house took her down which is also weird because if the if the government wanted to silence her that's a little silly to be like let's give her a nice trip first let's give her an all-expense paid trip to washington dc i hope my assassin is that accommodating (laughs) so another example one was there's a video that keeps getting pushed around with no real connections about what the connection of the video is but it's a gopro video that captures a hawaii plane crash
0: the plane is going down spiraling into the ocean
1: And supposedly one of the ladies in the videotape of this plane going down, so this is GoPro footage of a plane crashing, was the official who verified Obama's birth certificate.
0: Unfortunately, there was one fatality. The state's health department director was on board Mm -hmm. and was killed. What?
1: So I don't know if that means that Obama's people, after she was done her duty, decided to silence her, or (laughs) that the other people on the other side decided to take her out. out. So I have this footage of, this is, the Hawaii plane crash, it's just being spread by like an ABC news story, this version of the, f- the footage.
0: Whoa, that is crazy. Is the s- plane sinking now? That's
1: actually super scary. To that's Imagine terrifying. seeing your plane outside your window just sink. I just want to share the description of people who submitted it to Reddit's conspiracy page. So with a rumor already in the air about Obama's fake birth certificate, the woman who verified his Hawaiian birth certificate has died in a plane crash over the ocean of Hawaii. But... I watched the video and so I asked you to do the same. Why would someone bring a GoPro out during a plane crash? Why was everyone so calm during the crash? Why did the plane land ever so sweetly, kissing the water, and yet she still dies almost instantly, yet no one was injured, not even the pilot? She did die. So the state health department's director was a person who died on the plane, the only person who died. Kind of strange, but the shock would be hard to imagine. The plane does land very smoothly. A heart attack? Or maybe she or was poisoned capsule? by the government and they took down the plane just to make maybe double sure. Maybe it was sure. like a
0: polonium capsule?
1: Yeah. the thing she was about to leak the truth? Was she just in the wrong place at the wrong time? I think it's silly to blame a plane cr- like use a plane crash as a vehicle of murder. It's just <clears throat> the collateral damage of it, the attention that goes towards a plane crash. If yeah. you want to take
0: out uh, uh, someone- Just give her a ricin or something. There's know. gonna be a lot less investigation than a fucking plane crash. I know. This, this also
1: segues perfectly into one of the ones that I wanted to bring up It was the Malaysian flight.
0: This is Piers Morgan live, breaking news tonight. A Malaysia Airlines plane carrying 239 people
1: bound for Beijing is missing. According to a statement from the airline, air traffic control lost contact with flight MH370. Which was right. pretty crazy, honestly. The recent Malaysia plane disaster.
0: Yes, uh, it's been in, in
1: the news a lot. The search for the missing plane is now into its 11th day. And while we've heard numerous theories, we still have no clear answers. And people
0: are like, is it a little too soon to talk about? Like, well, everyone else is already talking about it. And there's been so much discussion about it. I feel like we should probably address some of the theories and postulations and all of these bizarre accounts that people have come up for.
1: A lot of people have been asking about that, about black holes and on and on and on and all of these conspiracy theories. Let's look at this. Uh, Noah says, what else can you think about? Black hole, Bermuda Triangle and then Deji says, huh, just like the movie Lost. I know it's preposterous but it, is it preposterous you think, Mary? A crazy conspiracy theory. It's captured the imagination. I got kind of spooked thinking about for a while. I was starting to wonder like, yeah, I wonder if a government took them down somewhere for for a couple of days just because it was so crazy to imagine a plane disappears into the ocean you still think like yes it's a giant 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 ball of water we live in But you think they'd be able to find something, transponder, something would float. Right. The sheer numbers of all the most popular theories would happen to the plane would be so logistically hard to hide at this point. You'd have to land in some remote island, which coincidentally is one of the theories. That's been a very popular idea, that the plane landed somewhere, they took everyone. That's 200 people! Do you know how to house, feed, keep them alive, whatever you're trying to do? That's
0: like a school.
1: Yeah. Do you know what my fan theory, the, What not a fan theory, what I want so badly to happen, Aaron, I feel like I've told you this when it first happened, I want next week that plane lands at its destination and everyone gets off and like, what are you talking about? We've been in the air for 12 hours.
0: So they flew through a black hole or a wormhole or something. Yeah, they flew through a wormhole or no one knows.
1: They're like, what are you talking about? That would be the spookiest shit. One of my favorite theories was that two of the people on the plane had uh, stolen passports. So there was oh, a lot yeah. of people that instantly like, "Oh, those people must have been hijackers," or "Those people have something to do with it." That's mm-hmm. weird. The craziest one is that twenty passengers on the flight were all from a Department of Defense company that specialized in electronic warfare and weapons, and one of the things they were working on was technology that could cloak a plane. What?
0: Yeah. Uh, so they, what they did was they rehashed the old Philadelphia experiment concept. Which is that there is cloaking technology that sent an aircraft carrier into the past through time. So they're saying... I'm sure that's in Command & Conquer Red Alert? I feel like that's Command & Conquer Red Alert. But it was
1: based on the Philadelphia experiment. The company is apparently called Freescale Semiconductor. And the theories rise that apparently there were actually 20 employees from that company. All probably on a, a business trip or something. Right. Or maybe a fun getaway, or maybe they were
0: experimenting with their stealth technology on a commercial airliner for some reason. Yeah, so that like they were working
1: on technology that could be used to like test stuff. I don't even know if there's actually any confirmation that they were working on anything like that, but just a company that could likely work on cloaking technology, hence the disappearance from the radar, why you couldn't find the plane. So there were many things. Maybe there was an experiment and it went awry. <laughs> uh, one of the ideas is that the Chinese government got a wind of it and like had to take the plane down. So they shot the plane down to make sure the Chinese didn't get their stealth technology. My favorite detail of all of this is that four days after the missing flight, MH370, a HF radar patent is approved by the patent office for Freescale semiconductors. So something called HF radar, it's approved, goes through. Four of the five patent holders were on that plane. The fifth owner wasn't, and his name is Jacob
0: Rothschild. So you think it was a taunting.
1: Yes, I think it was a tauntine or some sort of, like, not even a tantine, but just something big was about to happen, and one guy sabotaged the fight so that the other four went down, and he was the only patent holder. But if he's of, the only
0: patent holder, that means he stands to earn all the money from the royalties.
1: Yeah, according to this. Uh, it was a
0: tauntine. For you listeners at home who are not aware of what a tauntine is, it's one of Chad and i's favorite concepts. Oh,
1: God, I love the idea of a tantine so bad. Which
0: is, uh, it was the basis of a Simpsons episode, but the premise of it is that, It's a binding contract that you enter into with other people, that the last man alive is the one who inherits all of the money that you've put into this account, or all of this valuable asset. So there's this strong incentive to murder the other people in the Tontine so that you can get all the money basically
1: yeah. and and there's a lot of holes in this theory they idea that Rothschild would have taken down a plane like a giant master villain and he'd that still company. be a CEO
0: and like well all the board members are dead a thousand percent raise for me yeah
1: I guess my company that I own now has all of the patent but there's the idea that there's a little bit yeah. of a inconsistency on it but there's
0: something about mysterious plane disappearances that just causes people to lose their minds the theories that people concoct around them are amazing the Malaysia flight that disappeared where Afghan terrorists took it over, alien abduction. Yes, it was probably yep. aliens. Yes, the
1: chronosphere was activated and teleported. The plane, plane
0: probably teleported. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on the subject of flight MH370, we actually got a fan mail postulating on the cause of this. We got a fan mail from the email sack. email so, sack yeah,
1: email careful. sack email sack
0: clean email, your sack. email sack email sack so the subject is i have a theory from super fan alex hagel and he writes that's pretty great alex hagel's pretty great. alex hagel you're great alex hagel writes cthulhu got flight 370 <laughs> okay. that's why it disappeared it was the bloop <laughs> the bloop will swallow them all. So that was a reference to episode four, Spooky Noises of the Unexplained, where we suggested that the coordinates of the bloop, which was this massive underwater sound that could be heard across entire ocean happened to be emanating from approximately the same place that H.P. Lovecraft said that the city of Riley, where the underwater monster the forgotten lost one Cthulhu. Uh
1: yeah. please we don't need to explain Cthulhu, Cthulhu. we all we all understand. <laughs> so
0: anyway, Alex was suggested that maybe Cthulhu reached out of the ocean awakened from his dreamless slumber, grabbed commercial flight MH370 and then went back to sleep in his non-euclidean terror dome. <laughs> the the malaysian flight has at this point has every conspiracy theory
1: i it is kind of nuts that there's still a lot of stuff that's not revealed well
0: i will say as of this recording the wreckage of flight mh370 has yet to be found true so it is still an unsolved mystery they keep thinking they find the pinging of the black box they still haven't found the black box so in theory it could have been chinese aliens it could have been chinese aliens Next mysterious plane thing. I believe we got a few tweets about this a while back. People bring it up often. It is one of the classics, I will say that. This is vintage paranormal. It's a little old hat. It's old hat, but I feel like we should touch upon it because it really is the epicenter of weird plane disappearances. And of course, I'm talking about the Bermuda Triangle.
1: There's too much stuff in the Bermuda Triangle. Aaron, I think this is a whole nother episode.
0: I think the Bermuda Triangle is... It is, but it isn't. And let me just explain why. Okay, then. Let me explain why. The legend of the Bermuda Triangle, the earliest allegation of unusual disappearances in the Bermuda area, began in an article on September 17, 1950, published in the Miami Herald by Edward Van Winkle Jones, covering the loss of several planes and ships, including the loss of Flight 19 which was a group of five U.S. Navy TBM Avenger bombers on a training mission that just disappeared while flying over Bermuda. Since then, the legend grew. Author Alan W. Eckert wrote that the flight leader had been heard saying, We're entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No white. And then disappeared off the radar. Okay. He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated that the planes flew off to Mars, and thus the Bermuda Triangle was born. The legend, obviously, is that there's just some strange field in this triangle that's between three islands in the Caribbean that causes ships and planes and people to just vanish and reappear and vanish again. But
1: that's legitimate. There is actually some strange minor field that's causing disturbances, right? We still have those encountered every once in a while.
0: Well... It's like you just go in there like, man, everything's fine. Let me tell you the lore and then we'll get into that. The earliest allegation of unusual disappearances is actually way, way back in... 1881. There was a schooner called the Ellen Austin, which according to stories, they approach a derelict ship with no crew members on board while sailing through the Caribbean. After manning it with a prize crew, which is a small skeleton crew that's designed to sail a captured ship into harbor where they can sell it, they go into the triangle and then vanish. And then suddenly the ship reappears without the prize crew that they manned it with wait what so then they put more people on it to try to sail it again and then it appears again and the second prize crew vanishes <laughs> and then finally they just leave the ship alone they and just get the, the fuck out of there what are they going to do they were gone
1: they they send people on a boat
0: yeah they're like oh a free
1: boat well, get on this boat so those guys group a gets on the boat like, ha- the f- like they send five yeah. guys on the ship New new free boat and yeah. they just vanish. Yes. And then the boat comes back, minus group A. And
0: then they're further in the Bermuda Triangle, and they, they find the boat again.
1: <laughs> I like to keep saying, they just keep trying. Like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Maybe this time. Like, there's really casual, and one, one guy's just going, yeah, uh, uh, And I was like, no, no, you stay here. And just one by one. It's like a bad Mighty Python sketch. which is just one more person yeah. just, like, goes over Ooh, there. and just like,
0: one more. Just one more. Maybe maybe we fill up this- the ghost room. I mean, we don't know it's a ghost ship. That was the earliest one, and ever since then, there's been supposed reports of these crewmen disappearing, ships disappearing, planes disappearing. What do you tell
1: those people's loved ones? Like, oh yeah, they got on a boat. We just left them. Like, I think that's when you just go, meh,
0: it's a living
1: ghost ship. Like, they just go, Go, you just go, hey, ghost ship got him. Time to go
0: make another boy. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go find another husband. As I mentioned before, the first flight that was really a big deal was flight 19. Which was five bomber planes that disappeared on December fifth, nineteen forty five, while flying over that region of the Atlantic Ocean. And then one of the search and rescue aircraft that was deployed to look for them, with the thirteen man crew also disappeared while looking for that group of planes that disappeared. Just stop. Just stop going. You just when <laughs> Well, it's I mean it's a big swath of water. I just think you just to. treat
1: it like Detroit where you're like, if anything bad's going on there, we're just not gonna send we're not gonna yeah. send any guys
0: other lost planes include there's a plane called the star aerial and the star tiger a douglas dc4 bomber a pleasure yacht where once again the crew disappeared but the ship remained that seems to be a common theme in bermuda triangles it just like sucks the people out and then leaves the ship
1: which uh, is easy just they fell over they might just felt, yeah. might just be a lot of drunk people
0: why does this keep happening what possibly could explain it as always there's a million crazy explanations the wackiest one by far is that it's leftover technology from the mythical lost continent of Atlantis. Ooh, I
1: like this. I actually like this
0: idea a lot. Like, so there's some device that was floating on the bottom of the ocean that is just sending off these particle beams that causes people to teleport. Yeah, in. it could be some sort of security. Maybe, maybe they're all in Atlantis, They dude. could be teleporting them down. Oh my down, God, what like, if it's This great, like, really like, I'm never leaving.
1: Yeah, what if it's not a harmful thing? What if it's like the way Atlantis works is Atlantis never sank, it was always underwater yeah and then you just go to certain coordinates you just get teleported down and suddenly you're in just gungan city <laughs> except it's not terrible <laughs> <Jamaican> <laughs> <laughs> <stereotypes. Yeah. laughs> but it's, just, but it's just hot it's all of, it's all kira from the disney movie atlantis like <laughs> all of them's like we're ready to bone and you just like this is great this yes. is my new life now
0: so apparently the reason people are, are suggesting that even though the first mention of atlantis is in like plato right which is he, he had no knowledge of the new world But, sure. Why not? Apparently there's a rock formation known as the Bimini Road, which is just off the Bimini Islands in Bahamas. Makes sense. Which is a series of, like, sort of triangular stone squares that are on the bottom of the ocean that can't be explained, that look like the foundations of an ancient sunken city. How big are we talking? Uh, about the size of like a city square. Oh, wow. I, yeah.
1: know, I was thinking like small little basketball sized stones. These are huge. No, they, of-
0: like each stone is like this foundation of a house. Have we
1: tried to drill in there? Have we just
0: tried to <laughs> go into them and just see what happens? No, I don't. I think people have tried to excavate it, but they're just like large stones and no one knows why they're hmm. there. Followers of the purported psychic Edgar Cayce take his prediction that the evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of the Bimini Road. Believers describe the formation as a road, wall, or other structure, though geologists consider it to be of natural origin. Oh, uh, you
1: goddamn plus kills!
0: Yeah. This is our magical city. Here's one theory that I found actually kind of interesting and plausible. Bear with me here. It's, okay. sort of, it's sort of strange, but methane hydrates. Beneath the ocean floor in the Gulf of Mexico and surrounding areas, there's this huge substrate of methane gas, right? And that, you know, whenever you hear about ocean fracking, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to drill down and then drill all of that natural gas. But it's a giant deposit, like more than we could ever use. And occasionally, every few thousand years that there'll be a crack on the ocean floor and this gigantic release of methane will bubble up and create these huge essentially gas volcanoes. Plus a kaiju monster comes out. Plus kaiju monsters come out and then we have to send giant robots to battle them. To um, kill monsters we made monsters. Exactly. And that's in my geology book. <laughs> So the theory is that maybe one of these methane hydrates has cracked open in the Bermuda Triangle will occasionally send up a giant skyscraper-sized bubble of methane gas that will bubble up right beneath these giant tankers and ships and planes and suck them down like a vacuum. Oh, it would suck them down It wouldn't just either blow them up or make them just go delirious? Well, it would, all of that, yeah. but it, but it, if a giant bubble opened up beneath you, it's like a sinkhole, a giant like aircraft carrier sinkhole that will pull the ship down and then cover it in water, there which really, will instantly like kill anybody on board. There really
1: needs to be James Cameron type people doing more excavations of the Bermuda Triangle waters to see yes. if there's anything down there. I think everyone's too spooked. Everyone's too scared. Yeah.
0: And then the, the ship would just bob to the top of the cork with no crew and then continue on its merry way. That's the most interesting theory. The other theory is that the Bermuda Triangle actually isn't anything at all. And that, in fact, every one of those mysterious disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle, when you actually look at them, either aren't real, or are exactly the same as any other ship disappearance you would see anywhere else in the world. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a giant area, I guess, right? Like You just you could just draw out a random spot on the globe, and go, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens there, and it probably does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Apparently, statisticians have run the numbers, and there's no more frequency of of loss of <laughs> planes or ships in Bermuda Triangle than anywhere else in the world. They
1: should just do that for random spots on the map. This is this is the Spooky Square, and it's just this like is the
0: Spooky Hexagon.
1: It's just Nebraska, like for 200 square miles, like yeah. all the weird stuff that happens in the Spooky Square. All these murders, like yeah, it's right. Nebraska. People are bored; they murder each other. Hi, my name's Joey. Hi, my name's Kyle. I'm Kim. I'm Brian. We are all on a show called LOLJK. You can listen to us over at www.godmakespoop.com at the home feed for Explosive Magico. I don't really know what we do, and I don't think we do most times either when we
0: start recording, but come join us. It's It's a lot of fun. Live recorded chaos. Yeah, if you like listening to people talk over each other, drinking beer, and yelling at each other, I suppose
1: you'll have a good time with us. We have all of the above. Aaron, you're not covering the most strangest mysterious plane of all time what's that yogi bear and the spruce goose
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot magic
1: yeah the magical plane if you don't remember yogi bear and the spruce goose is <laughs> that like cartoon it's such in the fragments of my memory of something i watch all the time but i believe it was, it was like a tv movie i believe it was like yogi bear and all of, like the hanna-barbera mainstays are all just like checking out a museum of the spruce goose which was like a famous giant think of the plane from tailspin it's the plane from tailspin essentially
0: well it's it's actually the plane from the aviator Uh, howard hughes yes it's a
1: a giant plane
0: howard hughes built it essentially to steal money from the u.s government (laughs) during world war ii like his military spending way over budget the legend is that it couldn't fly and that it was just a huge failure and howard hughes is like kind of a war criminal and then he was like no no it will fly it will fly and then he was able to fly it like two feet off of the ground it's like see it flies and, and spruce goose yeah at and one then point. they decided to make it into a, a hannah Barbera cartoon it's so it days. was
1: so strange there's some weird love of the spruce goose but it's like a yogi bear and uh bong whatever his name is, like the horse Man, Hannah Barbera characters do not hold up as well as you <laughs> yeah. remember. I don't even yeah, I don't remember. I think they just fly the entire time and they like, well, this plane's gonna land. And they get out and go, wow. What a magical adventure. What a adventure magical adventure that, on that was. Plane, Yogi right. Bear and the Spruce Goose. <laughs> Though really, I mean, we have not talked about the most famous mysterious plane, also tied into the Bermuda Triangle, Amelia Earhart.
0: That's true. Amelia Earhart. There's a story that I grew up with and sort of instilled a deep fascination. I'm with sorry. Were you raised mystery? on stories of Amelia Earhart, like tucked yeah, into bed? I was. Bed. I don't know why, but I like as a kid. I think in like fifth grade, we studied in detail the the disappearance of Amelia. Earhart. Oh,
1: I was thinking like you're being tucked into bed as a ten <laughs> year old, and your mom's like, like now, like, now remember? Die. And then Amelia Earhart, she tried to do something different, and she died. Never, and never leave me. Never saw her ever again. <laughs> stay here here where it's safe.
0: <laughs> that basically. So, I'm sure a lot of you have heard the tale of Amelia Earhart, but Earhart, in 1932, she became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. So she was like this huge overnight celebrity, a great women's lib, total babe, total babe magnet, total babe magnet. Uh, if Playboy
1: was around back then, man, there would have been an Amelia Earhart spread. Absolutely.
0: But she was a pretty admirable person, you know, she was part of that decade of daring-do where, you know, you kind of made headlines by taking chances and making mistakes. Miss Frizzle stuff, Magic School Bus type activities. In 1937, she decided to undertake something that no one else in the world had ever done. She and her partner Fred Noonan would fly a Lockheed Electra going from Papua New Guinea to California. Basically, one flight across the Pacific Ocean. It was the final stage of a journey to fly around the globe along an equatorial route, which had never been done before. Their intended destination was Howland Island, a flat sliver of land that was only about six thousand five hundred feet long and one thousand six hundred feet wide. So, a pretty tiny island, just the size of an airstrip. Why even go there? They're just going to touch down, like do a little maintenance. Do they-
1: well, you know they're going to like they're going to bone there though? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to be crude, but you don't go on a crazy adventure trip with a significant other or someone you know of the opposite well, <laughs> not <to> say <laughs> yes. the opposite sex you can bone anyone but you don't go like to
0: another island where no one is possibly around that go you should just slip it in. Like, Can you join the Mile High Club if there's only two people in the plane and yes. you're piloting the plane?
1: Or if you can go to a random deserted island where no one's there, that's some goddamn adult. That's vivid, like Blue vivid, Lagoon shit. That's some vivid DVD <laughs> adult porn.
0: <laughs> True. Well, apparently her plane had been having some uh, some issues with the navigation equipment. And so they're going to touch down, try to resolve that. But then the navigation equipment started to really fuck up. Like, it, like they couldn't even see, some fog rolled in, they got turned around, they couldn't find any landmarks, and then things started to get really dire really quickly, and then she just disappeared. And no one knows what happened to her or Fred. Wait, I'm
1: sorry, yeah, so she was with a guy.
0: Yeah, a guy was... Why does... Well, the guy was down in, like, the little cockpit area, like, doing the navigation stuff. Yeah, I don't care, though, like,
1: I'm just now a little realized, I feel like, oh, yeah, Everything's always been like Amelia Earhart flying solo. Poor dude! Not mentioned all the time. Yeah. Just as adventurous technically, right? He's helping out. He doesn't get
0: mentioned into the weird, crazy explorers. God damn, Amelia Earhart. There's one other interesting player in these last few moments of Amelia Earhart's flight, which is, there's a ship called the Itasca, which was stationed on Howland Island there to communicate with her. During their approach to Howland Island, they received strong and clear voice transmissions from Earhart. <laughs> She was apparently unable to hear their voices, so that was the first sign something was wrong. Then at 7.42 a.m., Earhart radioed, we must be on you. We must be on you, but cannot see you. Gas is running low, well. been unable.
1: Maybe her goddamn woman problems were kicking in, and she just lost the. She ability lost to her hearing, like lost women do. Yeah, as women do.
0: Whether or not there were any post-loss radio signals after that are controversial. There's been a few that were determined to be hoaxes, but others that were deemed to be authentic. Sporadic signals reported for four to five days after the disappearance, but none yielded any understandable information. So, for up to five days after her plane disappeared, they seemed to be getting signals that could have been her from a ghost.
1: Again, no one's offering the idea that poor guy stuck on the cockpit of the plane could also be lost. Just a million. Just a million. I'm going to go to Tumblr about this. I'm really (laughs) upset with this gender politics that are happening with this story.
0: Search and rescue attempts followed for days, weeks, months, years to no avail. She had simply... Disappear. So you want to hear some of the leading theories sure, sure. of what happened to Amelia Earhart. Some of these are actually pretty interesting. The first and the most obvious one is the crash and sink theory. That all the radio signals after the last confirmed one were false and the ship simply ran out of gas. They crashed, they sank, end of story. That's boring. Boring. There's the Gardner Island theory. That she and Fred Noonan did in fact crash land in the water, but managed to make it to a nearby island and survive there for a time. But were never seen by rescuers for some reason. They've suggested that Earhart and Noonan may have flown without further radio transmissions for two and a half hours, and then landed near the uninhabited Gardner Island.
1: So they landed and order to survive there. That's the yes, theory. Yes, as island survivors. We, I'm, that sounds great. I love the ma- I love the magic of that, but also a lot of boning. But we would have found that we would have found that plane or something at that point. You think
0: so? So here's another theory: the spies for FDR theory. Okay. Good. This theory Thank suggests you. that Amelia. Er- this theory suggests that Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan were in fact spies for the U.S. government at the behest of Franklin Roosevelt, and that the entire flight over the Pacific was a ruse to map out Japanese military positions. No, why would
1: you make the most public <laughs> flight your spy
0: guys? That's not how you do spy right. Sometimes if you move closer to danger, the further you are in trouble. That's Sorry, was that, was that a Michael Caine quote? That's Hobbit sense. Oh, okay. The Japanese knew of this, and when their plane was forced to make an emergency landing. on nearby island of Saipan, they were captured by the Japanese and executed. In 2009, an Earhart relative stated that the pair died in Japanese custody, without really elaborating. <laughs> and then that was it. And then they died, citing unnamed witnesses, including Japanese troops and Saipan natives who had contacted him.
1: I like that there was someone who was like, "Yeah, mom, grandma,
0: grandma died by the Japs," and then just closes her mouth <laughs> up and says nothing, else <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Again. He said that the Japanese cut the valuable Lockheed aircraft into scrap and threw the pieces in the ocean, <laughs> in spite just eh. spit on it each single one which included a letter from the daughter of a Japanese police official who claimed her father was responsible for Earhart's execution. Former U.S. Marine Robert Wallach claimed he and other Marines opened a safe on Saipan and found Earhart's briefcase. What? Former U.S. Marine Earskin J. Neighbors, claimed that while serving as a wireless operator on Saipan in 1944, he decoded a message from naval officials which said Earhart Aircraft had been found at the airfield in the village of Aslito in Saipan, and he was later ordered to guard the aircraft and then witnessed its destruction. Wow. Crazy, huh?
1: I like the idea of Earhart just being like a badass spy. Yeah, it's cool. Like an Indiana Jones plus a Hellboy plus a like a hitman. Behind <laughs> enemy lines. Just go in and just go, oh, hi everyone, I'm Amelia
0: Earhart. I'm just here to have my eyes in the clouds. Just
1: breaks a neck. Breaks yeah. a bunch of
0: necks. Here's an interesting alternative to that theory called the Tokyo Rose Theory. Uh, are you familiar with Tokyo Rose? That's not an album cover, right? No. Tokyo Rose was this infamous American woman who during World War II would broadcast from Japan about how great Japan was... <laughs> Brothers, this is your Japanese sister, the voice of truth. Get Tokyo Rose reaches out to you from the peacefulness of Japan. And then would play American music in an attempt from the Japanese to commit psychological warfare on GIs in the Pacific Theater and mm-hmm. make them homesick and want to go home. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that happened a lot for her, a lot of different. It wasn't just her. There's a lot of those like.
0: Yes, there was like two or three voices that like, would just t- like
1: plain kind of like generic lady voices, which would be like their like all of their loved ones back home. Is that
0: Tokyo yes, Rose? Yeah, I guess so. The impossible and no accident. Come back to me, boys, like for both sides. And they were known as Tokyo Rose women, but there was one voice in particular. People believe that when Amelia Earhart supposedly crash landed in Saipan, she defected and became a traitor and became Tokyo Rose. We're ready again for a vicious assault on your morale. That's all for now, enemies, but there'll be more of the same tomorrow night. Well, that's a movie. A side note. It didn't actually work. My grandfather was a GI in the Pacific Theater, and there's a lot of stories that the GIs are actually happy to hear music from back home, <laughs> and also, they, would, they would intentionally listen to it.
1: I mean, I get it. Your grandpa was a badass. I'm sure there was one weak-willed man who's like, I miss, I miss
0: her. home, I miss her, or just like sadly, just kinda I'm like, in love with Tokyo. Sadly, knows. just kind of rubs it to Tokyo, rubs his voice, just like. <laughs> <laughs> the last theory is the assumed another identity theory. In November 2006, the National Geographic Channel aired episode two of the Undiscovered History series about a claim that Earhart survived the world flight, moved to New Jersey, changed her name, remarried, and became Irene Craigsmiel Bolum. This claim had been originally raised in the book Amelia Earhart Lives in 1970 by author Joe Kloss, based on the research of Major Joseph Gervais. Irene Bolum, who had been a banker in New York in the 40s, denied being Earhart and filed a lawsuit r- requesting a 1.5 million dollars in damages. Why did this
1: connection ever get made? Does she just look like her, or is it? Just she looks like-,
0: like her, and maybe some guy had some tenuous thing. But sure enough, the book was re- withdrawn from the market shortly after and that she was settled out of court and then subsequently her life story has been researched thoroughly and it's like there's no way that she could be Earhart <laughs> so also like Amelia Earhart was I mean
1: you get the impression she was kind of feeling the attention you don't go and decide to do this big public like I'm gonna do this crazy trip around the ocean like unless you kind of enjoy the intention and, and yeah. being bold why you don't it,
0: like, then they go underground I'm going to shut yeah. up
1: barriers for all women and they'll you know it'd be nice if I was just an accountant, if I was just
0: like worked at a bank and gave people yeah. money. That sounds real nice next. So my question to you is, which of those theories do you think is correct?
1: Uh, think? I think for sure it's some sort of crash. I like to think that they might have like landed on another island. Even though there wasn't a government cover-up. If someone actually did like recover the plane and then destroyed it or anything like that, I could see just like for national security or even like a Hey, the story's great now. I could see a journal being like, no one needs to know at this point. Like, just still breaking up the plane, or that seems a lot more plausible. I do really like her being a kick-ass spy, though. I like the idea of that a lot.
0: Maybe this will answer your question. A recently unearthed military report from Gerard Gallagher, a British colonial officer who was a licensed pilot and was stationed at Gardner Island, He radioed his superiors way back in 1941 to inform that he had found a skeleton, possibly that of a woman, along with an old-fashioned sextant box under a tree on the island's southeast corner. He was ordered to send the remains to Fiji, where British colonial authorities took detailed measurements of the bones and concluded they were from a male about five feet and five inches tall. However, in 1998, analysis of the measurement data by forensic anthropologists confirmed the original findings, but concluded that the skeleton had belonged to a tall white female of Northern European ancestry the bones themselves were misplaced in fiji long ago and have not been found we're
1: still missing one person either way either it's the guy or the girl on the trip yes i think there was a murder i think someone landed on the island and go this is my chance this is my chance to get rid of her so they found
0: bones that were a european woman on an otherwise uninhabited island maybe that was eve Aaron. maybe that was could the be. original eve they also found artifacts that were found by a group called TIGAR, which is the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, on the nearby island of Nikomororo, which is the current name of Garner Island. They found improvised tools, an aluminum panel, possibly from an Electra, like the Lockheed that she flew, an oddly cut piece of clear plexiglass, which is the same thickness and curvature of an Electra window and a size 9 cat's paw heel dated from the 1930s which resembles Earhart's footwear in world flight photos.
1: That sounds right. That sounds like that's it. That's the
0: one. Thanks for telling me that before I pick one and sound like a dummy. They also found a a zipper that appeared to be from her bomber jacket in Mm. 2007. So in the end, it appears the mystery of Amelia Earhart may have been at last laid to rest. That fateful night in 1937, a battered Amelia hauled herself up from the waves, bloodied but alive dragging what little equipment she could salvage from the wreckage of her plane before it disappeared in the abyssal ocean below. She sat for days after, searching for her partner Fred in the surf, but he never appeared. After a week passed and rescue did not come, she realized that her circumstances, and life, were this now. She took the window and wing of her plane and began to build. She lived there, calm and serene on the beach for an unknown time. But though she may not have made her way to California, she was certain of one thing. Her fame would live on, and she was a survivor.
1: No, I did. I refused to accept this fanfiction. <laughs> Fred, or whatever his name was, he pulled her from the wreckage and said, "God damn it, I will. I, you will survive." And he cared Lim- for her. He cared for her for weeks. And then he's like, and "I'm going to find it.
0: help." And, and he swam he off. The ocean.
1: Then like, brought her back to health, and then swam off and fought a fucking shark. He's like, "God <laughs> damn it, someone will remember me." And she, and then died in the Man. terrible drowned. Ocean, and he is the true hero.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's what happened to Amelia Earhart. I got one more. It's very quick. Right. Okay. This one's about the first plane. Did you know? That the Wright brothers were, in fact, not the first people to successfully achieve Stop air flight. Stop trying to smear the Wright brothers' names. They good, they're good men, but They sure. are fine men. What? But around 10 people were documented to have flown before the Wright brothers did, dating all the way back to 1857. Various uh, uh, gliders- Proof. And proof. Propo- Let me see something. That's the problem, is that they're documented, but not as well as the Wright brothers. Hmm. So the Wright brothers were a great mass marketing team, they had news reporters there. They had cameras that took the fo- famous Kitty Hawk flyer photo. But other people had flying machines that worked before them. I don't know, man. Pixar didn't happen. That's pretty clear.
1: Pretty clear. and I need to what? Someone could just write, and then a the man flapped his arms with a fancy machine, and he flew. Yeah, sure, sure. Man with a crazy imagination. You're probably on heroin.
0: They were just selling it in bottles to you at that point. The, here's the thing: the Wright brothers did contribute to aviation. They did happen you're to have. Goddamn right they did. They had a better design. Mm. But it was not the first. Well, I mean, there's the all Wright- those
1: great footage of like people just like falling off buildings with flying but machines. There's,
0: but there's things that actually flew, including one of the guys who is the victim of a conspiracy instigated by the Wright brothers themselves. Okay. The Wright brothers wanted to be the first, and they hated anybody else saying that they weren't the first, right?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speak for them. I think they're honorable guys, but go ahead and start saying they're
0: assholes. But keep going. One of these earlier inventors who designed and built a successful aircraft that flew before the Wright brothers was, in fact, one of the people who would later be responsible to keep their legacy. A man by the name of Samuel P. Langley, the secretary of the Smithsonian Institution, from 1887 until his death in 1906, experimented for years with model flying machines and successfully flew unmanned powered fixed wing model aircraft from 1896 all the way through 1903. Oh man, that doesn't count. But the point is, he was able to create flying machines that were capable of carrying humans. He insisted on including his own flying machines in the Smithsonian. Of
1: course he did.
0: The Wright brothers hated this and actually made the Smithsonian sign a document that said, if you ever acknowledge anyone else ever flying before we did, then we will take the Kitty Hawk flyer back and it will go to our heirs and they can do whatever they want with it. They'll burn it. They will burn it. it. By doing so, they essentially have single-handedly created a conspiracy and keep it alive to this day from beyond the grave that the Wright brothers were first when they actually weren't.
1: I'm sticking on their side, man. I acknowledge that maybe there was... But I don't see any video. I don't see any I don't see any photos and stuff. So until then, I'm just gonna go with the Wright Brothers. Guys, the right it's it's so marketable. You love the idea of just two brothers, best friends, making planes together. There's You're nothing assholes. better than that. Than just a guy who owned museums and put his own things with him. I think that's the cocky one. Which side do you take? Team museum guy or team belovable Wright Brothers? <laughs> Wright brothers all the way. Go Wright Brothers. <laughs> Let us know which side you take, please. I would Okay. Like. I think that's where we need to wrap up for Mysterious Planes. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to Paranoia Shop. We genuinely, genuinely love all of your guys' feedback. You guys have been great. Really, really solid suggestions for stuff. We're definitely like, giving us a lot of stuff to hit for episodes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of great stuff. We actually have enough. We could probably do another fan episode now.
1: So get your questions in now if you really want to in for the next one. And thank you for everyone who tweeted at the show. Uh, like Esquire Bob and Basil Carlo, Almighty Corks, Red and Fox, Fabian Rodriguez, Meg Turnhorst. A ton of people sending us stuff. And thanks for the emails. A ton of people send us emails to shop at gmail.com. That's like,
0: S-H-O-P-P-E.
1: Yeah, the fancy ones. Uh, let's see, Javier, Steven, Travis, Alex Hagel. Uh, tons of great suggestions.
0: We love getting your suggestions. We love getting your emails, your fan mails, your tweets, your everything. It really makes it great. So yeah. thanks. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. That's at Paranoia Shop. Or you can tweet directly at me, Aaron, at GoodAaron. You can tweet at me, at Quantum Theory, Or, yeah, get an email at shop at gmail.com. And also check out the website.
1: we got a little website going for uh, all the episodes. We're going to start trying to link to all of the videos we talk about, the images, a little more stuff, yeah. so you can actually have visual examples of stuff we reference. And that's ParanoiaShop.com. Pretty
0: cool. And be sure to check out our little mini-show that's going to be coming up on the Exploso Magico Anniversary Podcast.
1: Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. It's
0: going to be a giant three-hour little... Thing.
1: I mean, we're only like 20 to 30 minutes of it, but, but it's, it's going to be pretty really good content.
0: Yeah, it's going to be Digest a great big, super eclectic pot over of first week. fun. Uh, Aaron, what do you have to play us out? Well, to close us out, I thought, what if I were to tell you that there are some people that don't believe airplanes exist at all? I'd say that makes a lot of sense. I believe it. <laughs> well, there's... A rather large swath of, shall we say, intrepid journalists on YouTube. Not just one, I was surprised, but multiple people who believe that planes are not planes at all, but in fact are flying demons that follow motorists and scan them to persecute them for their sins. (laughs) Okay, so let's hear a little bit of journalism from one of these Gonzo reporters. This shall is we? a YouTube video called "Fake Demonic Airplane Flying Over Me." Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, <laughs> the sky demon, folks. <laughs> Folks, There's another one. This is a good clear shot. It's a good demon. This rascal. I'm exposing them for y'all. No plane looks like that folks. Oh shit. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Wait, so Look he believes thing, in planes, y'all. just not those this planes. This is a sky demon. But no plane looks like that. Look at it. He's looking back at me too.
1: <laughs> the plane's just, just shooting fingers like... For y'all, people. These things are not real folks. In the name of Jesus Holographic sky demons What a rascal holographic, holographic sky demons is. Oh shit
0: They also that's uh I don't know They Use some type of Cloaking technology <laughs> So demons have themselves. Cloaking technology? Oh well, yeah yeah You don't always be do the out there You gotta be discreet once in a while father. I mean folks But come to Jesus people Hallelujah I mean Hey Coming back soon These are the End time deception End times I'm out Jeez, I feel like he was about to plug his book at the end. (laughs) That's great. D.B. Cooper lives.